guys, this is episode 24 of Raging Nerds. We'll rage all over your eardrums. This episode, we're recording live from Comic Palooza 2019. I hope you enjoy the episode. This is Erica Gay Thirsty, and I'm joined by my wonderful host. Oh, the good old John that hates Windows 10 right now. <laughs> so today's been uh, beyond chaotic. Oh, yes, it's been nonstop pandemonium. I uh, had the laptop all set and figured, left it on so I can just slap it together and get straight here. And update hit. So, uh, John, what happened to your knee? I blew out my knee yesterday, <laughs> walking. Is that is that what you want to say, blew out your knee? Because I know there was like a hot tub and then well, like no, you didn't show well, up to I, the party. I, well, Grant, I, there, I went to the hot tub to try to loosen it up so I could actually... Like, okay, maybe it's just a little worn out because mm-hmm. I didn't do the training I usually do for these cons, which is run on a treadmill with my luggage. Is that how you, like, pre-con yourself? Yes. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yes, that is what I do. You have that, you'll be dragging the packs and everything else. And it's like, oh, yeah, I might as well have something like run in, keep that endurance going. Yeah, I didn't do that this year. No one has time for that. Uh, but I'm so glad you're here, guys. Um, we're excited to be back at Compalooza. This is our third year now. Oh, so. yes. It's always a treat to, to come by every time. It is. Yes. I don't, I don't, this is one of the things, too, because I've been walking around. It's like, especially with all the rain that we've been getting lately. There was a lot of weather. I mean, but it's not that bad. A lot of people think it was a lot worse than it is. It was on Thursday night. <laughs> Maybe on the south side, but it was there was a little bit of flooding, but it let up super quick. Oh yeah, well, you know there's going to be kind of interesting though if it does rain again today. We will become an island. <laughs> it's going to be complete Game of Thrones in here. It's going to be interesting. It better not rain because I really want to see a con of pop tonight after hours. It's hosted by Saint Arnold, and it's going to be a blast. Ah, uh, that wonderful thing, yes. I have no idea what I'm doing tonight, other than probably running around, <laughs> getting more photos that I should have done yesterday. <laughs> uh, well, we're hoping for small business owners and indie artists or indie designers to come by and join us, so hopefully we will soon. Oh, hopefully. Uh, but until then, I guess we'll just talk it out. <laughs> oh, yes, like we always do in the wonderful chit-chat of Conversation Street that we do. Yes. Have you seen any good comic book artists, new artists that you've seen? Oh, there's a couple of them that I have seen. Actually, ran into them outside. I honestly cannot remember his name right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the handy dandy Facebook app is all for. But there's actually I met no. Actually, there's another artist. Um, I guess he'll be an artist, but he was an actor. Mm-hmm. Eric Avari. Interesting. Yeah, I ran to him outside. We're just talking. Was talking about all the stuff, places where he lived. Um, actually, up in Soho years ago, and that was. The stories that he told is actually kind of interesting. Can't really repeat them here. You can't, re- yeah. Yeah, PG. but <laughs> they were interesting. Just the stories that people have. And actually, here's the guy's name right here, uh, Bob Layton. Fine. Oh, what was his art style? Uh, pretty much with that, he, a lot of stuff he did was like old school, was like the golden age mm-hmm. of like of Marvel. Yeah, he's doing that. And actually, we're talking to him about that on Thursday night as well, and how like. All of the how he was paid back then was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. About twenty dollars a page. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just the golden age comics. He's like, I think got being twenty dollars a page, and here's 
a whole comic worth like thousands of dollars. Like I should have kept a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about security and how oh. crazy it is. So if no one knows, we had the Mother of Dragons panel <laughs> at 11. Yep. And um, I guess they were just being super cautious. <laughs> oh, they still are. <laughs> uh, they're checking umbrellas as weapons. <laughs> yes. If you have an umbrella, you have to go over there. And the people that are doing the booth, they are checking keys to make sure that, that they amazing. are safe. That's amazing. Oh, but just why be like, here, it's your umbrella. Go to weapons check. <laughs> weapons check's like, why are you here? <laughs> but yeah, the line on the second floor, which I understand security, it needs to be there so nothing bad can happen. But we need an express lane. Just if you leave the convention and you plan to be at a panel later today, come by early to get checked in. Oh, yes. Because it will take some time. Or but no. What are some good panels you're looking forward to seeing? Oh, that's the only thing. I've been running around all that. I was actually going to try to fo- uh, crash the Marvel versus DC photo shoot, but I haven't really looked at any of the panels, really, because, like I said, yesterday blew out my knee. Lots of pain. So I didn't really have a chance too much <laughs> to try to recuperate. Uh, well, we both have the Comicpalooza app, and so we get to look through everything, look at all the vendors. If we can't find it, we can always type in their name. Super easy to use. Oh, yeah. But I know there's a couple There's a couple of writers that were here, actually, that I really wanted to sit on their panel because you know, I'm kind of an amateur writer myself. But uh, that's the one I marked on there, and I forgot that was there. World building for short stories, novels, novelettes, and novellas. Yes, I believe that's uh, headed up by Strange and Usual. Is that why that's doing that? Yes. No, they're doing another one. Uh, but yeah, that's actually one of those. I write short stories, I've been doing it for 20 years. It's real good therapy. But it gets my creative juices going. It's like actually, you know, something else I haven't done in a while. Mm. That's fun. Entertaining. It's like cosplay. Speaking of cosplay. Yes. What are the cosplays that you have found to be the most intriguing this year? I have barely, I have not been on the sales floor. Like, uh, we were on the sales floor a little bit yesterday, but other than that, I have been so busy. Okay. But I know that you cosplay, and you've been doing Ooh. cosplay, so what's what's your outfits? Um, I always bring Homeless Link every single year. Mm-hmm. But there's so many pieces and layers it still sits in the suitcase, ready for when I get that little wild hair to put on eight layers of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Carry around a big, wonderful resin shield that weighs about 40 pounds and a cardboard sign. It's a great costume. Oh, it is. I need. I, eventually, I'll be brave enough again to wear it. Because whenever I made it, I was a little thinner. <laughs> but I saw you in your uh, Silent Bob outfit. Yes, that is the most comfiest one that I have because it's just three layers. But it's always fun too because no matter if there's any kind of photo shoot, all that, I can just sneak in and just photobomb it. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like my whole awesome ego right there. My joys of having anxiety. Mr. Justin Corbett's oh. coming on. So, Mr. Justin Corbett, are you a small business owner? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) What is your small business, Justin? I make funny books. You make funny books? What kind of funny books? Uh, I make a horror comedy comic book called Speak No Evil Mm -hmm. with my co-writer and co-host, George Tripsis. Nice. So what is the premise of your comic? 
It's about uh, two brothers in the 1930s that find a cabin in the woods that used to be used by H.P. Lovecraft and Nikola Tesla for all sorts of weird experiments. And uh, the boys find it and start playing with the equipment inside and accidentally open a portal to another dimension, letting a whole bunch of monsters into our world and then trying to deal with the aftermath. Awesome. So what book or issue are you on right now? Uh, We have three issues done. We're working on the fourth one right now. Sounds good. Yeah. It's thrilling stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have any uh, future endeavors you're trying to reach out to? Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of books in in the works. Um, We have a couple of graphic novels. We have a podcast. We're writing. uh, We're doing a true crime, a fake true crime podcast. Um, Should be pretty fun once we get around to recording that. And then uh, George has some movie projects he's working on. And then, like I said, we've got several other comic series. So it's only a matter of time and money. (laughs) Definitely and money. Money is a major thing. Yeah. Oh, let's see here. I know with with the art, yeah, the artist you were talking about, uh, I can't talk right now. (laughs) 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 I'm getting tongue-tied. Um... Take over, I can't talk right now. How did you find your artist? Uh, there's a lot of resources for finding artists online. Um, there's a lot of different forums you can go to. And, I mean, there's a lot of indie creators that try to seek out free artists. But most artists don't want to work for exposure because they got to feed themselves too. So, um, basically just go and post a synopsis of what you're looking for and what type of story you're going to tell. Uh, ask for submissions from people. Because most artists, even if they're not willing to work for free... They're usually willing to do a sample page of their style of art based on what you've given them, um, like one or two pages of script. Uh, and then you can kind of look at it and see what's the best fit. You're probably going to have to pay um, roughly anywhere between like $50 to $150 a page, depending on who the artist is and how much they charge. It can even be more than that if it's like a big name person. But uh, we found a guy who works in Brazil, so his page rate is actually pretty affordable compared to a lot of people. You can also find really affordable guys in like Singapore and uh, Philippines, stuff like that. So just go online, post what you're looking for. There's resources like Pencil Jack and uh, the Reddit forums are actually a really good place to find people. Uh, There's a lot of artists out there that are looking for work. So if you can post your sequential story and tell them what it's about and give them some money, they're more than happy to work for you. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. Sure. Well, I said with the uh, when it comes to, like the, the art style and all of that, like what were some of the ways that you? Like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word that is kind of like originated from on that. Uh, originally, we wanted something steampunky and horror-ish because it is a a horror comic featuring Tesla. So that, <laughs> I mean, that mm. kind of summations the whole thing, but. Uh, yeah, I think the style we found actually works really well. It's it, it was kind of inspired by a book called Goners that came out a couple years ago with George Corona doing the art. We really liked that style of art. We tried to get him to do the book, but he was just too busy at the time. So instead, we sought out somebody who did something similar to him. And, I mean, even if you can't find an artist who's quite at the professional level yet or quite capable of mimicking somebody else's style, like we found Samir, the guy from Brazil, um, his style is all his own, but there's some very distinct similarities in like his edge work and his lines that looks like George's. <laughs> and I'm a fan of both of them, even though they're very different, but kind of the same at the same time. Okay. And we found our colors the same way. I mean, she's from China, so 
just post up an ad of what you're looking for. And when you have actual artwork, you post it up with the story and say, this is what we're looking for. Give us color sample pages. And we had about, you know, 50 people send us color samples of that page and she was the best. So we hired her. Okay. So there's a separate thing of colorists and artists. That was all the same. No. Yeah. So there's people that can do the same thing. Uh, Of course it's a higher fee, but then a lot of people just do the pencils and the inks are just the sketches and then you have the coloring. I mean, typically you write a script and then you draw out the comic and then you ink the comic and then you color the comic and then you flatten the comic and then you add letters and then you print it. So there's actually a lot of stages in the creation of a book. Yes. Wow. Did not know. I learned something new every day on this one. (laughs) I give kudos to all of the comic book writers who are the artists, the colorists, the pencilists, and the writers. I cannot imagine doing multiple books in one year it's just super demanding i mean even just being the writer is demanding but if you're doing everything you also run the risk of like certain aspects of the comic suffering because like i know a lot of people have great stories and do their own artwork and coloring and letters and whatnot and it's like the story's great the pencils and inks are okay the color's just bad and then the letters are pretty good (laughs) like you know like they don't have time to devote 100 percent to each section of the comic and it's great they can do it themselves, you know. Some people can really do that, and they take their time to produce it. Um, like Devin Kraft, for example, a guy from Dallas, he does all of his own stuff, but he works at it meticulously for a year. Like, he puts out about a, a book a year. Um, but I also know other guys that rush and do everything. And you get, like, parts that are great and other parts that are sloppy. And, uh, you know, there's definitely an upside to hiring people. Definitely. Even if it does cost more. So where can people come find your comic? Uh, it's available at graybearcomics.com. That's G-R-A-Y, bearcomics.com. Or on Comixology or, you know, some local comic shops. Half-price bookstore. Half-price bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Corbett, for joining us. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I do have one question, though. After, like, are you going to be doing any other stories in the future after you get to, like, so many runs down on this one? Well, this... Our main story, Speaking of Evil, is our flagship title we're doing 20 issues of. Um, like I said, three issues are done. Issue four is written. We're just waiting for funding, basically. Uh, but we do have a graphic novel we've already like outlined. It's fully ready to go. We just have to write the script. Uh, we have another story, which is going to be a miniseries that we've written, yeah. the, the layout for. Um, and then, like I said, George is doing a movie, and you know we have a podcast that we have a great idea for that uh, we just need to actually write. So we have, we have a lot of ideas. It just takes time and money. <laughs> uh, something that we all need a lot of. <laughs> Is there anything that you're looking forward to seeing at this convention today? Uh, just this. This was the only panel I cared about, and <laughs> now it's done, and I can go home. <laughs> I'm pretty positive you're on a future panel today. Oh, yeah, I, I do have to do I don't care about that one. <laughs> just this one. Well, um, we're going to be at a panel later today, uh, podcasting 102. No. No? The official podcast partnership program, Comic Palooza panel. That is what it's called. Is the one we're on. Podcasting 102 is a rival panel that's running at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason. I don't know who did the scheduling. two podcast panels at the same time. There are like three podcast panels that are going to be happening at the (coughs) same time today. Some scheduling issues there, I guess. <laughs> we they've uh, they did a really good job this year. We increased our podcast panels by multiple digits, 
So we have over 50 podcast panels that are happening this year. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, there's one I kind of want to see, though. It's with the podcast ones. It's uh, actually today, three. Warpod, Thunderdome. That's at the same time as our panel. <laughs> okay. So the, well, that's fine, Randy. <laughs> right, so our podcast panel is going to be at three. Three yeah. to four. And all of them are just like right on top of each other. Just kind of interesting how they all scheduled out that way. I feel sorry for the podcasters that have to do like four or five podcast panels throughout the weekend. That must be rough. Nah, it's just talking. It's what we're used to. <laughs> we all do it all the time, so it's not really a big deal. That's very true. Oh, and the Star Wars group just walked right past lightsabers in the air. I really need to get back into cosplaying better. <laughs> Rick Gus is at three, too. Why is that? Everything's at Everything's three. There's at a three. lot of panels at three. Because <laughs> I guess Saturday at three is the most important uh, time slot. And yeah. there will be a lot of people here at three. Yeah, I guess so. The, the floor will be empty. It's the best time to shop, too. <laughs> so. I did see that this year they really ramped up the kid programs. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They have a lot of kid pro- programs going on today. They have a kids dance off. Uh, dance off. It's like a dance party. Uh, they also have how to train your dragon statues. You can take your kids over there on the sales floor, and you can get your kids to ride the little dragon They're statues. Massive. They are massive, like life size replica, yeah. replica how to train your dragon statues. That's uh, all the ones that are that far into the hall, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I have not made it that far yet. Go check them out. They're pretty cool. They're really awesome. I think I've gotten this bad as far as our booth. <laughs> I've been over on the other side with the artists all day. <laughs> oh. Looks like it's picking up. Yeah. Yeah, there's yes. a little bit of concern because of the rain and whatnot, but I mean. I wasn't too concerned with the rain. People bought passes, they're going to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll show up. But it was interesting seeing the uh, line that was outside the GRB this morning. It was for the MOD, Mother Dragons. Oh, yeah, and then the rains hit. And how fast they scurried. So, <laughs> do you guys have any theories of what's going to happen next episode? Um, a lot of people are going to die. What do you think? Although I did say that before the last time. <laughs> and, and it didn't happen. only like two characters died, so... Meh. <laughs> um, what do you think uh, the uncle of the Iron Islands saw in the sky in the last episode? Uh, well, I did read that fan theory that you were showing me earlier. Yes. So I sent him a fan theory. Um, and so the fan theory is that at one point, one of the dragons, Dragon, went away for a while. Yeah. And just, like, disappeared. And um, She didn't really keep track of him. She was like, oh, he know? just got, you know, whatever. And they're thinking that the dragon actually laid eggs. Yeah, so there's going to be a bunch of dragon hatchlings. And so there's a theory that the dragon's coming back with a bunch of baby dragons. And I think that's a very interesting theory. You do realize, I have no idea what y'all are talking about. Okay, why? I have you're, never you're watched coming a... coming to a convention. <laughs> I've never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. Where Miss Clark is the headliner, and you've never watched... <laughs> I've never watched Game of Thrones! I saw... I yes. saw one episode where it was Peter Dinklage apparently killed some king. Or Prince, or, and that was about it. Now I got about halfway through it. Yeah. It's so, just, Justin, what do you think about <laughs> this theory? 
Yes, do tell us. I think it's an interesting, <laughs> interesting idea. I don't know if they're going to go that route or not, but it does seem plausible considering the look on uh, what's his name's face. I am just. It's incredible how they went down from three dragons to just one now. I mean, I mean, they kind of threw us for a loop because the in the in the battle. <laughs> if you if these are spoilers, you guys need to step up the game. Yeah. Like this is, <laughs> it's been a week. Okay, I give you a week, a week. <laughs> well, two episodes ago, I was fairly certain two dragons had died already, and then last episode. One of the dragons was miraculously alive again. During, during the war, we both swore that one of the dragons died. Yeah. And then it came back the next episode. When they were fighting the ice dragon, I was fairly certain one of the living ones Because there was a massive away. fight between the ice dragon and one of her other ones. And the other one tore one of the dragons apart. Mm-hmm. And we thought that one died because it flew off. And then there's a bunch of arrows hitting it. But it survived. Yeah. There's yeah. a dragon made of ice? Yes. Okay, I really need to play ketchup on all of this now. You do. That's what sells you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last season. Uh, okay. I have, like I said, I've. it's on the list of things for me to watch. <laughs> Unfortunately, the list now is like 200 things long. Move it to the top. <laughs> yeah, but I can just live vicariously through all y'all. Y'all tell me what's going to happen anyways. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I thought there were going to be more deaths in the episode before last. I I, so, I mean I I, I, I mean feel, still feel bad because the characters that did die I loved and appreciated, but I thought there was going to be got, a massacre. They got, they got good deaths, that's true. Yes, but there was a tremendous army, like several times the size of what was defending that castle. Yes, castle gets overrun. There's there's zombies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no way that only two of the major characters get out of there dying. Like more characters should have died. It's just not unrealistic. It's unrealistic. My favorite point is when the walkers Sansa start... needs to die. That's what he's at. They just need to kill Sansa, and I'm good. Like, she's the Everyone worst character. Everyone hates Sansa. She needs to die. Everyone hates Sansa. I've never met, personally, one person who likes Sansa. So, I mean, I feel sorry for her. She had a rough life. Sorry, but... I mean, I won't be sad if no. she goes. She's been doing some shifty stuff. Like, very, like, side-eye, very... You know, telling everyone who Well, she learned from her. Littlefinger, so I mean... You cannot tell Sansa, <laughs> you cannot tell Sansa nothing. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but my favorite part, um, episode before the last in the major battle, is when... Um, I forget her name. It's like Mela... Melisandre? Yeah, Melisandre. <laughs> she lights the pikes on fire. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, okay, we're safe now. You know, and then the walkers just start falling on the spikes yeah they and we're just sitting there like what's happening what's going on they're just gonna burn up no but they made they a bridge keep piling <laughs> onto the they spikes themselves into a bridge and like we're watching this and we're like oh my gosh this is not happening no i mean there's statistically no way that so many people survived that battle <laughs> statistically this is very right i mean there was i mean what happened in Endgame? <laughs> that one I can actually talk about. I've seen it. A bunch of people snap their fingers and some things happen. <laughs> this this is two weeks old. We're talking about a two week old episode. Yeah. Well, Endgame's like three weeks old now. Yeah, it's fair exactly. Um, but no, there was uh, these characters, major characters, were fighting off hordes of you know walkers by, personally by themselves, but they still lived. Yeah. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, okay, for ones that have never seen this, mm-hmm. what's a White Walker? 
It's just a, it's an ice zombie. It's a zombie. But they're, they're kind of like a hive mind zombie organization where there's one king zombie and he controls them all. So it's like the Borg. Kind of, yeah. It's exactly like the Borg. They, they assimilate. Yeah. And uh, when the king zombie dies, all the other zombies die. But he's supposed to be nigh indestructible. Okay, so does Batman show up? Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. It's fairly accurate, yeah. I'm just guessing here, and apparently I'm close. So, a lot of people were upset because there are seasons of buildup for this long winter. And, you know, I mean, they were not going to win this battle. Uh, first of all, little brother in the wheelchair is just like, like, zombed out in the chair for hours the whole battle. And then he comes back at the last second. He's like, hey guys, like, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, anticlimactic because. <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty much. <laughs> the, the whole reason the Night King is attacking is to get to Bran. Yes. Because they're the three-eyed raven. And then he gets there, and they, like, have this moment. this like, 40-second moment where they just sit there and look at each other without saying anything. <laughs> Pointless. Like, yes. there should have at least been some dialogue. The problem is, like, George R. R. Martin has not finished writing books six and seven. He's restarted a couple times. He wrote, he wrote a whole book. He wrote 27,000 pages <laughs> for book six. And then scrapped it and started over. Yes. It's ridiculous. So the the show writers don't have the full picture of everything that's supposed to happen. And they're not capable enough writers to do all the nuance. So they basically have major plot points that he gave them. And they're winging it from that point. Which is why these, these last few episodes seem so rushed and so shoddily put together. But they, they're, they're good though. I mean the story's good. It's just rushing through it all. You know? Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I still have no idea what's going on with Game of Thrones. But if you want to talk about Endgame, I'm okay with that. Everyone's talking about Endgame. I'd rather not. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, every single person in the Okay, well, how about, has anyone seen Shazam? I have seen Shazam. Shazam was a very good movie. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's like it's supposed to be. It, okay, it really so it's was. not the dark and gritty that DC it, normally does. It proves <laughs> that DC is capable of doing a fun, lighthearted superhero film. Okay. Uh, it does have a couple of dark moments, but I mean, no, that's they're they're not they're not like a typical DC movie is. What I liked about Shazam is that it was cheesy, but at the same time, it was very. Um, it was balanced. Right. Like, they could have gone too far in the other direction. It could have been like two and a half hours of baby Groot. And yes. you just want to kill yourself by the time it was over. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't. It was like just the right amount of cheesy, intermixed with really dark moments, intermixed with like a pretty good story. And yeah, it was just super enjoyable. Okay. Hmm. Have you seen Shazam? No, I have not. I just uh, wanted to hear brought, what everyone was talking you about. You brought up Shazam. Yes, I did. Is there a movie that you have seen that we may discuss? Endgame. That, <laughs> I mean, is that the only movie that you've seen in the past three months? Yes. What are you doing with your life, John? <laughs> I work... I'm a manager of a retail store. My mind is gone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well... We're part of the um, AMC A-list. A-list. Uh, we get to see three movies a week for free. Oh, it's it twenty bucks a month. Only twenty and you bucks can see a month. Up to three movies a week. There's no restrictions. You can go to uh, opening nights. You can go to premieres. You can go to anything. There's no restrictions at all. 3D, 3D IMAX, IMAX, IMAX 3D, whatever. 
Um, and like it's super convenient because you can just book your ticket on your phone and then show up. They give a confirmation code. You just go type it in. You don't even have to deal with people. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. I mean, if you're going to see a movie a month, it's almost worth it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we could see 12. So. <laughs> Which we almost reach. <laughs> yeah, we almost we, reach it every Several month. times we've come close. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> but you could. I could, yes. But it's just 60 hours a week. I'm amazed I'm still breathing. <laughs> have you been binge watching any TV shows? No, the only thing I really have, I'm trying to remember what all the other stuff I have, I actually caught up on She Ra. I have yet to I see She Ra. I still haven't watched season two. I loved season one there, like, so much, but I have not I'm, watched season The only two thing yet. I'm going to say is one of the episodes, it's while they're planning, become, turns into DD. Huh. Is there less of a Seahawk in this one? <laughs> I'm not going to spoil that for you at all. Like, he he was the worst part. <laughs> he was the worst part of season one. Uh, I, I think it was the combination of the fact that like him and Swiftwind have the exact same personality. It's like this slapsticky, whatever. Uh, but everything else in the show, I loved. So well, granted, they started exploring more into like the depths of the other char- of the supporting characters a little more in season two. I definitely need to watch it. I'm just having enough time yet. So, you don't have time for she on Netflix. <laughs> she hasn't watched season one yet, which is, is her what? fault. Yes, I, I said I haven't seen it yet. How have you not seen she Okay, first of all, I just said that I've been watching all these other shows. I don't have time for extra shows. That's why you have multiple TVs set up, a different one each one. you got to be like Back to the Future. No, She's terrible at multitasking. <laughs> Really, I, I, I'm okay. I do not believe you, sir. I'm okay. I'm she can't. Okay. She can't answer her phone and like respond to me. With oh no, questions. I can't. I, if I'm texting someone and someone's talking to me, I'm like, you need to stop because I'm going to start texting what you're saying to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that, in that sense, I my brain's like dies. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's me. I go like twenty thousand things at once and have a mental breakdown. <laughs> it's fun, but yeah, you need to watch Shira. I know I do. I've heard it's really good. It is. Do you guys want to talk about theories on TV shows? Ooh, we can talk about DuckTales. Yes, I have the, not watched Wait, DuckTales. if you have theories on DuckTales, I am all game for this. Are there theories on DuckTales? There are theories. There's, a, there's like, been a couple of theories. Okay, let's do this. Especially whenever they keep, they keep doing little shadows of Magic of, Mc, Magic of Duck in there. Okay, let's go. What are they doing? Uh, pretty much the daughter, the Webby's friend that she met in season one episode, I think it was seven. Okay. Is actually the great 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 granddaughter of Magic McDuck, and so pretty much through the bloodlines and everything else, Magic is trying to take over her body. That is very interesting. Oh yeah, it's kind of like a weird Ant Man thing Got you. with Thanos. Okay, but not so gruesome. Interesting. Oh yeah, it's, I do. I do wish they would have put. They would have done something like that in the movie. Now I'm, I'm getting sidetracked, but still, that's about the only theory I have with that. Really, <laughs> only only. TV but they did find. I really don't want to spoil for you. Have you watched DuckTales at all? Not the new stuff. Oh, there's so many things I could say. I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm sorry. But I will anyways. <laughs> I because won't that's watch what it. I do. <laughs> well, that's a tall guy. <laughs> anyway, um, they start figuring out what happened to Huey, Dewey, and Louie's mother. Interesting. Because like, I've always wondered that, because they were just like... <laughs> we're not dark, in that universe. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but close. She's on the uh, moon. That is interesting. So I'm getting spoilers here for DuckTales. <laughs> if anybody wants to, to yell, that's fine. I haven't seen that one yet. Why not? Because I just haven't. I'm, John Carter popped up again on Netflix, so I had to watch that again. Justin, <laughs> you read the comics? <laughs> For what? Umbrella um, and Academy. No, I have, I have You've actually, not? No. Okay, how close are they to the comics? From what I understand, they're fairly close, but I, I haven't read the books myself. I've heard the books are pretty good. I mean, the series was pretty decent, so I'd imagine the books are good, too. Mm-hmm. books are darker. Yeah, I'd I've heard the books well. are way darker. It started as a comic? Yeah. Huh. Oh, the guy, I would expect that with email. Oh, I'm trying to think of what else other stuff I've been watching lately. Other than a weird show on Channel 4 on the BBC because I made a box that lets We don't want to hear everything. about the weird shows you watch, John. <laughs> <laughs> this is a PG show. This oh, no, this, these things are PG, but I can't remember all the stuff, and there's a lot of things I can't really talk about. Uh, let's see, but still DuckTales. That was actually pretty good. But they actually got a lot of things... Actually, got a lot of things that's kind of what you would hope for if the original DuckTales. Right. Like with the acting and, every, and the voice acting, the animation. This one's like really spot on. Mm-hmm. So it's like how you think they should act. Right. Like Gyro Gearloose. He's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not so, like, have you guys heard about the new He-Man live action movie? What? Yeah. Yeah. Do what? you like who they have casted for the live action He-Man? I don't know. I don't really know that guy's body of work. Um, I've seen him in a couple Netflix movies. Um, I, what I've seen, I really do enjoy. I think he's maybe a little too lighthearted for He-Man. But I don't know if they're trying to come at it for... Well, okay, so the little bit I've seen about the guy, right. I can't even think of his name, um, he looks like a perfect Prince Adam. <laughs> but yes, like, yes. I think they need to do it like the old school Incredible Hulk and just have like a big buff guy come in as He-Man. <laughs> So they're going to have two characters playing He-Man. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren needs to, like, appear (laughs) after he raises the sword. Like, he's just, he's he seems like kind of a small guy for that role. He's, no, he's actually quite tall. Um, He's not lean, but... But he's not, like, bulky. He's not muscular like He-Man is. He is not bulky, but... I mean, I'm sure he's going to bulk up for the movie. What I see with a lot of movies, in exception to, like, Avengers and everything, is that they're taking remakes of hero movies, and they're not really making the characters too bulky. But it's He-Man. I know it's He-Man, but, I mean, it's, like, a (laughs) constant He's the most powerful man in the universe. He can't look like a, a scrawny dude. They're trying to make characters more relatable. Yeah, but it's He-Man. But it's, it's in the He-Man. name. He-Man. <laughs> I mean, if it was Mechanek and you're trying to make Mechanek more relatable, okay. But, like, it's He-Man. Like, I, I'm going to give the guy a chance. Like, I don't have anything against him. I don't know his body of work. I don't have anything to base it on, you know. It's not Taylor Christensen or some idiot like that. So, I mean, it's Maybe fine. Maybe they just do padding like Shazam. He'll just walk around in a padded suit. I mean, Zachary Levi is not a buff guy either, but... <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good point. But, I mean, He-Man's, like, almost shirtless the whole time, so that, that doesn't really work. Um, um, I mean, what they could do is what they did with Captain America is when they used CG, CG, whatever, to make CGI. him... CGI. CGI, to make him look smaller in the very beginning. Oh, yes. And then... But then you run the risk of it looking really bad. Yeah. I just don't know how they're going to make him look super-duper buff He's in gonna, a short time. He, he, that's probably why they delayed the movie, because it was supposed to come out December of this year. Right. 
they push it to December of next year. Mm-hmm. So he's probably got like a year of training ahead of him. Mm-hmm. He's trying to bulk up as much as possible. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just working out constantly until then, just to get as ripped as he can. They start filming in like May of next year. I really he- haven't heard any of the other characters that they've. They've been pretty hush hush about all of it. They're trying to keep a lot of it secret. Yeah. But it's supposed to be more true to the cartoon than the original movie was. Like we should see Aww. Battle Cat. Well, no, I mean we should no see Galactic somebody... Key. Well, I don't know if Gwildor is going to show up or not, <laughs> but I mean. We should get some of the more characters that people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. So there's at least that. Sorry. No, sorry, I'm both too. Um, so do you think since she Ra's coming out, now we're doing a He-Man live action, do you think they're going to try to do the same thing with He-Man like she Ra? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really don't know. Uh, I would love it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, the 2002 He-Man was pretty fun. Um, it, it wasn't the same feel as the original because they made it darker and they made it more like a teenager show instead of a kid show. Um, I do think they could do He-Man right and have it be like like the She-Ra Netflix show, but it's kind of hard to put the same message or the same modern uh, viewpoints into a He-Man show that you did it could into a She-Ra show. Like, you can't have as many transgender characters. You can't have as many, like, uh, PC insertions. But see... When I look back and when I watch the original He-Man, you know, episodes, He-Man is pretty PC to begin with. I mean, he's he's very and much he's like gung-ho American. Yeah. I mean, he's just like G.I. Joe, like in a way where he has like a positive message in he's every episode. He's very sweet. I mean, compared to other 80s and 90s TV shows about a but, big bulky man. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right about that. But I mean, you've also got Skeletor on the other end who's like, I hate children and like... <laughs> <laughs> He's I mean, just like the grumpy adult that most of us grew up to be. Yeah, it would be. It would take a lot of finesse to make a He-Man show work in today's modern culture. Um, a movie, absolutely. I think they could do a live-action movie, no problem. But to have like an ongoing animated series, I think would be way harder than it is to do a She-Ra series. Not that it's impossible. You just have to have the right team and like really put a lot of effort into it. Um, I, I hope it happens. I would love to see it. <laughs> Yeah, I keep thinking back with the original, the, the oh, the original live action He Man right now, like the Galactic Key and Courtney Cox running around. <laughs> you know the um, the live action movie of He Man wasn't that bad. It gets a lot of flack, but it was a strong movie. <laughs> if it wasn't a He Man movie, it would be a great movie. It would have been a great movie. Yeah, it would have done yeah. really well. It's just like a random sci fi property, but because it's a He Man movie. Everybody wanted to see characters from Masters of the Universe, and there was almost none in there. I mean, there was a lot of it. They had to adapt it to the movie, though. Uh, They couldn't have Orko, so they put in... Gwildor. Gwildor. I mean, they just had to adapt to what the prop and CGI restrictions were. Yeah. Beastman was in there, but he was not my Beastman. <laughs> he, like uh, he almost looked like a fox, or his face looked weird. He looked more like Grizzlor yeah, from, from she I could definitely see that. <coughs> yeah. And they added Blade, random swords guy. They added Sorod, <laughs> who was supposed to be the merman stand-in. Like, I don't know why they shouldn't see that, do though, Merman. They okay, so he looked exactly like Merman, but then they didn't call him Merman. Well, it wasn't exactly the same. But it was, like, really close. Like, they could have just mm. given him, like, a couple extra... But it was... It, it was, was like Merman if you cut off his ears and put a helmet on him, maybe. But it 
it's still really close. They could have just said it's Merman, and then we'd be like, okay, well, then that's their interpretation. Maybe. Right? Mm-hmm. I just thought it was weird that they named it a different character. Yeah. Well, I do have a question for you all, though. Since all these live-action movies are coming out. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited that the artists of Sonic the Hedgehog listen to the audience and are redoing the, the entire movie. I mean, first of all, I can't believe that they, one, said they do it, and two, how are they going to do it? I mean, they have to push back the movie, right? Well, it's going to be kind of easy because all they have to do is just reskin the character. That doesn't really sound easy when you do a whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, it sounds easy. I mean, it's going to be some work, but I, I don't think it's going to be a massive undertaking. It's probably going to cost the studio a few thousand more dollars to get it done, but... I was thinking millions. No. I mean, you have to change a whole entire character no. and the dimensions around that character. No, you, you still keep the same heights and everything. Yeah, it's still... But I mean, I'm sure that they're gonna... All they're changing is the face. I thought they were going to change the legs and actually and make the it body more and stuff like that. And the yeah. I thought they were just changing the face. Oh. I thought they were changing a lot more. Oh, I thought they were changing. Yeah, I thought they were changing everything. So, do you think they're going to lean towards more of a comic? Um, if the most likely, what I think is going to be they're going to go on that is back to the old uh, Saturday, uh, Sonic Sat AM style. That's what I think they're going to go. That's what with. that's what I grew up watching. Yeah. I grew up watching the TV show. Um, I would like to see that. I love that. Um, the outcry came out, and an artist did a rendition of what they thought Sonic would look like. Oh god, all of those right, different ones. I've seen. And then right after that, the studio released, "Hey, we're going to change it." So. Oh, actually, I came across one of those horrible ones. Not they, they've that been putting um, a, a lot of different Sonics. Yeah, like that one. Yes. <laughs> Or it looks like a Sonic and Grover had a child. <laughs> oh, but just so many different things on that all together. Like, now, also, what is your take with uh, Jim Carrey being Doctor Robotnik? Okay, first of all, they were re- they were right about him carrying that show. Before they agreed to do the update of the visuals, I was like, I'm just going to go to see Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. uh, I love him in movies. He, I know he did the TV show a while back. I still haven't seen it, but that looked really dark and interesting. But I'm super glad that he's um, he really threw, went through a mental breakdown after his girlfriend died. Yeah. And so I'm excited that he's coming back into the movies. Oh, yeah. He's actually like kind of being more like 90s Jim Carrey. Right. Just the slapstick and just the energy of them, of them entirely. But one thing I did was reading about that was the Sonic movie is actually an origin story. The origin story of what? Dr. Robotnik. Okay. Yeah, they actually plan to make three. If one does well, then they'll make the other two. I mean, if they're doing the graphics right, if they're doing all that, I mean, go for it, you know? Even with the changes, I think it's still kind of destined to be a flop. I think just because all the hate that's happened, it's going to be a flop. Well, you never know. That's just one of those weird little things. But what was the guy's name, uh, the actor that helped Sonic throughout? throughout? I can't remember, remember his name. Tails? No, no, in the live action. He was in the trailer. Oh, that guy who <laughs> plays the character who always talks to animals. Yes. Yeah, he was in... Dr. Um, Doolittle? <laughs> <laughs> he was in... Um, Hop. 
I don't know. He's in that that, that Cinderella movie uh, with Adams, and then he was in Hop, right? Yeah, he was in Hop. He was in Hop. The actor who's the sidekick of Sonic, but he's been in like every movie where he talks to she- CGI character. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, there you go, James Marsden. Yes. Okay. He, and I love the memes that popped up with him now. He needs a new agent. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's the exact same thing. I mean, but that's just, you know, stick. So. I know. He's got that wonderful thing where he just talks to an empty piece of air. And then, hey, we're going to insert random character here. Okay, guys. Well, it's about time for us to wrap up. Uh, so soon? So, so soon. Oh. Thank you for letting me be a guest on the one show I came to see. <laughs> you are absolutely welcome. I think that today has been really busy with Mother of Dragons, and it's a shame that not a lot of indie artists came to see us, but I'm sure we'll get some revu- uh, reviews and comments and some yeah. interviews and uh, just pocket those in the episode. Oh, yes. And I will be running around with getting as much as I can. That sounds After great. destroying my knee yesterday. <laughs> so, Mr. Corbett, where can we find you and your um, goods? Uh, <clears throat> everything's available at graybearcomics.com. That's G-R-A-Y bearcomics.com. And if you'd like to check out my podcast, it's at mindfudgecomedy.com. And with us, well, at least with me, you can get my, get my email at dogfinstudios at gmail. Then we can find all of our stuff here at Raging Nerds on... Almost everything that I can help. You can find us at ragingnerdspod.com. Everything is Raging Nerds Pod. You can find me at Thirsty at Raging Nerds Pod. Um, All my social media is Thirsty. John's is. All Dogfin Studios. Our episodes are usually segmented and. Oh, yeah, more more defined than this episode. Oh so. God, yes! Give us a listen. We are on everything. We're on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. So just look us up, and we'll be there. But thanks for listening, guys, and have a great Comic Palooza. Oh yes, enjoy the con. <laughs>